when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca, and you should too. Welcome to the Sean Geek and Fast Red podcast with your host, Sean Geek. Todd, well, he'll be here at some point, I'm sure. Uh, today, we are doing an early Sunday morning recording because, um, you know, kids and all that kind of stuff. But we've uh, brought back Sam Thompson from Witch Police. But no, not Sam Thompson from Witch Police. Sam Thompson from The Mouth Boat. That's and right. uh, we also have Jonas Scott who is, uh, has a record label, actually, no, a cassette label. And he's going to be releasing Mouthboat, the whole kit and caboodle, which is actually pretty damn exciting. Uh, yeah, good morning, cool. gentlemen. Howdy. <laughs> so uh, let's, start, let's start with Jonas, because this is kind of how this whole conversation started rolling. Sam and I were talking about this. All of a sudden, there's going to be a Mouthboat release. And I'm like, ah, finally, this is pretty damn cool. Jonas, uh, can you tell us about the label, how it kind of formed, where you guys are located? Because that's pretty cool. Um, kind of gives the the beginning blocks of uh, of your thing. Yeah, uh, I'm Jonas Scott. I'm I'm uh, from Ancient Raven Records. I'm the owner and operator here, uh, and we're out in Gimli, Manitoba. Um, and yeah, we're we're kind of. Uh, getting into a, a few different things here, um, cassettes being one of them. Um, yeah, it started uh, this past November. I officially registered the business and, and started applying myself a little bit more to the scene. Um, but this has kind of been a, a brainchild of mine for at least two years. I've been concocting different uh, strategies and ideas on how I wanted to approach um, a label that's kind of focused on smaller distribution, smaller scale distribution, um, focusing on local content and trying to create a little bit more of um, a passion for physical format uh, music that could be relatable to people in the area. So nice. I apologize. I got your name wrong. It is Jonas. I apologize. Yeah, no worries. It, it's the most common uh, mistake, but I mean, yeah, it's here. From here on out, you can call me John. There you go. Community. Call you Jan. Jan. Or Jan, yeah, okay. I like it. Um, so so you've, you've got a musical background, Jonas. So I'm assuming you've been in bands and, and that sort of thing, and that's where this love for the music comes from. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I've been playing um, in, in bands since I was like 13 years old. Um, so... Uh, well, I can't even do the math anymore. I'm 34. So yeah, it's been a long time. Um, and just different uh, uh, mixes of people that I've worked with since, uh, since that time. I, I started with a band in high school and it was kind of that classic, um, you know, devoted to the same people and the same kind of sound and everything. And it was that early 2000s, kind of like same time frame as the mouth boat, really. Um, we started in 2000 and I think we disbanded in 
2005 or 2006. So, um, yeah, and ever since then, it was kind of evolutions of other projects that came and went, um, uh, touring different places of Canada and playing with different people, um, and just getting a really good idea of how, um, since my generation, uh, we kind of inadvertently, whether we like it or not, we just... Um, expose this other element of music by streaming and downloading and, and taking things for free, which was awesome. But now we're kind of feeling the effects as indie artists where it's like, there's all these platforms that we're creating now that um, it's really hard for an independent artist to be seen on those platforms and taken seriously, but more, more importantly, uh, recover costs from things like production of their record and, and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of that still comes from uh, physical distribution, sales, merchandise, things like that. Um, Amen. Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, we, um, my, my last band, we had stuff on all the streaming platforms and we just pulled everything because it's just, this, is, this yeah. is ridiculous. It's what's the point. I'm glad I have a yeah. CD then. Um, you, you are, you should be lucky. <laughs> yeah. You are lucky to have it. <laughs> I think we're going to put it up on Bandcamp though at some point, but um, I don't know. Jonas has a label. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we, we get a, I got to work something out with you, man. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so yeah. Well, we're, that's the, the whole thing. I, like, I really want to spread into distribution like that, and um, having people uh, like yourself. And there's a lot of people out there that um, there's music they haven't heard for a long time. There was a lot of great bands I remember growing up to that because everything was on CD. We have to remember that too. Our generation kind of, whether we like that part or not, a lot of that format is obscure and hard to find. Um, yeah. Because it was digital. It's not like kind of going and just find it anywhere in a store or something. So um, bringing some of those uh, tunes back from bands from back in the day or bands today that aren't being heard, I mean, that's kind of what this whole um, distribution sector of the the label is about is kind of putting out music. Uh, I, I really want to work with anyone. I want to work with people that are serious enough to want to, to uh, promote themselves and work with themselves on a bigger level, take themselves somewhere bigger. Um, so the label is kind of open to everybody uh, that's local in Manitoba to want to do distribution of their product. Um, absolutely. That's a, an option. Or so punk, mm -hmm. I guess the punk ethic, like that's, yeah, like like just a few months ago, there was a there was a CD that I wanted to buy, and I'm like, hey, I want to I want to buy a physical copy of something because I want to put it in my car. I've got a stereo behind me with a cassette player and a CD player, and I wanted to go buy the damn thing. And yeah. I ended up going to every single place that sold CDs in the city and did not find it anywhere. And this was a number one CD, so that just goes to show like they're catering to their five artists you know, that, yeah. that get played on like 106 or like 103, like stations like that. It's yeah. the same five artists. And that artist has maybe three to five songs that they play and that's it. So this yeah. is refreshing. This is really refreshing. Yeah. And I just wanted to chime in and say like, the, the reason we connected in the first place was on my podcast because of this record. I don't know if you can see this, but this is uh Jonas's Van Allen project. And this is one of my favorite records, local records of last year. And I still listen to it all the time. It's a great, great album. I highly recommend it. And that's how we kind of linked up is I think you just reached out to me to get on the podcast or something. And then we did an interview. Mm -hmm. I really liked the stuff. And then we kind of kept in touch. 
And uh, yeah. so that was kind of, uh, it, again, through like physical media and the interest in, in vinyl and tapes and things like that. So, sure. so we're, you know, we're out there, right? People like this who are interested in physical stuff. We, we have this weird little kind of connections with each other a lot of the time. And I think that exactly. can hopefully lead to bigger things. Yeah, that's that network um, that I'm starting to tap into. I mean, like, Sam, I feel like you've been a part of that network for a little bit now and that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I love that I'm tapping into that because that's exactly where uh, I feel like I fit in and what we're doing. Um, that record too is kind of like an experiment in how this was going to all, uh, everything was going to go and see how uh, the, the reception of it was going to be. Um, I think bands are all waking up to the idea now that um, even if you're signed uh, to an independent label that's partially successful, that you have to now compete uh, with other bands and stuff like that to be heard, even in your own little sector there. Um, so that having this kind of open network distribution source is uh, appealing to people who are even uh, a little bit uh, more established or signed or have kind of gone through the system and come out and seen how it, it really can rip you apart. Labels aren't really designed right now with the artist in mind, although it's like really hard to... Uh, if you're a label and you're small and you want to push a band, you really have to be serious about that band. You have to like love that band. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only successful labels today. But uh, if you have this open network, um, they all, there's no competition. I think all the bands, even on a bigger scale say, Hey, I can, this is something I can be a part of and not compete with these little guys or, or kind of, step on their toes in any way um, just like they're thinking wow i can get music finally heard and not be like snubbed by these people who are a little bit um more better off than i am in the scene right now so hey there's a new guy here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, hey. so what happened there todd it said invalid meeting and it was like okay well i didn't know if you were sending another link or what it was and no one responded so i was like okay well, oh I'll, you know I'll what ask again <laughs> Um, I actually sent you an email invite to the hey, meeting. That's what it was. Anyway. Oh, I was looking on. Yeah, I was looking yeah. on a message. So Jonas, this is my brother, Todd. He's uh, he's the fast fret of our show. Hello there. Nice. Guitar hey, slinger man. and producer nice. and everything else. Cool. <laughs> Todd. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you guys. Yeah. So, um, okay. So Van Van Allen, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, once we get off air, you and I are going to hook up and <laughs> I, I, I want to go buy it. I don't have a vinyl player yet. It but, comes with uh, a digital download too. No, I want, I want something physical. Do you have cassettes? Uh, that one is on cassette too. Perfect. I did like a, a limited edition. Awesome. It's on the website as well. Okay. I'm, I'm picking yeah. it up. To be or not to be, whether it is nobler in the mind, to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take up arms against the sea of trouble. Hey, this hamlet was a talkative part, wasn't it? I wouldn't get all this hackam in my nuts in a year. <laughs>
I do have a new album out that I had to pull. Um, I'm working with a new uh, PR company out of London, and this all kind of came right at the, as, as I was self-releasing that record on my own label. Um, and it's a nice offer. It's a cool offer. It's a better. It's one of the better offers I've had in a long time. So I decided to pull some of the content offline, which is unfortunate. I had the new album out for about four days and, or five days and people were digging it. And then I had to rip everything off so I can, I'm going to work on some of the uh, post-production stuff for adding a couple new songs to it. And when it's released next time, it'll be on a much bigger scale through um, uh, a publicist that's, on a bigger scale than what I can do. So now will that be as, will that be as and that will also be an experiment to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's Van Allen and the album's called the physical science. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to work it out so that I can get our other artists and people that I'm working with to work with the same uh, publicist. So if everything goes good with this, then uh, we might start seeing some of the uh, Winnipeg artists that I've been working with uh, link up with the same PR agency. I'm praising you now <laughs> for serving real bands, for working with real bands and for pushing real bands. Um, Thanks, man. No, like that's like having having played in the scene and seeing the frustration for a lot of the things that can kind of crop up because I don't know, I could go on forever about that, but uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have some pet peeves about uh, how the music industry works. That's for sure. <laughs> go back and listen to yeah. our catalog. I bring, I bring it up all the time. That's my red button. Yeah. But anyway, um, so get, l l let's switch over to Mouthboat here for a second. So I, I'm, I'm aware of Mouthboat. I mean, Sam and I have known each other for a few years now, I guess. Um, but I was always more, more familiar with grandpa's army so i kind of i never did take the mouthboat dive so i i did that this week and oh my god it was like it, it felt like my old my old band it was kind of just noisy and and just freaking weird and bizarre and I, I love that i love that stuff so let's talk about mouthboat how did mouthboat come into being and then we'll maybe circle around to how um you're on a label again. Um, yeah, the Mouthboat was a band. It was me and my friends, John and Goldwyn. I had played in bands with both of them uh, over the years. Goldwyn was the drummer of Grandpa's Army, actually. Yep. And uh, John, who played bass in the Mouthboat, I was in some bands in junior high with him and stuff. And um, so we'd known, all three of us had known each other for a long time. We just randomly kind of decided we should start a band back in mid-2000s, I guess. And yeah, it became a thing. Um, both of those two guys are really good musicians. And uh, I'm not, and I think that was the good. That, that, I think we talked about this before. That was the you dynamic that no, worked you, because you, I had. You did bring that up before, yes. <laughs> I had ideas, but I couldn't execute because I'm not that musically gifted, right? But they could make them sound good. So, and then vice versa, they would have really cool ideas that were musically great, and I could add some weirdness to it if I, you know. And it, for some reason, it meshed well. Like the, those two guys are incredible songwriters. I have nothing but respect for how good they are at music. And I was just kind of here making up chords and yelling shit about robots and stuff. And for whatever reason, it worked. So I don't think it was intended to be any kind of band particularly. I think what happened was um, it sort of sounds like a punk band, sort of sounds, uh, some of it's just kind of raw and noisy and weird. 
some of it is almost like free jazz-ish uh, in the sense that it's yeah. just kind of uh, discordant and, and strange. And I mean, I was listening to all that stuff at that time and still do. I mean, I, I definitely like free jazz and I like punk rock and I like, uh, you know, weird noisy stuff and, and, and things like that. So I think it was, uh, it was probably the most fun I've had in a band ever. Um, I didn't have much of a following. But uh, I call it cult following, I guess, is what you can call it. I was on your Facebook page and you kept posting, nobody's listening, nobody's yeah, yeah. listening over and, <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again. Well, I mean, the band's been dead for, for, for you know, a decade or more now, right? So, yeah, the idea that anyone would be listening um, after the fact. But the, the reason this whole thing came about, like, it, it was a really fun band. I think most people who saw it live had good memories of it because of the the dancing robots and the psychedelic, uh, you know, projections and the, the lights and all of the theatricality that went with it. And so people remember it well. And last year, I think I just, my daughter found an old milk boat shirt to fit her, my oldest one. And so, um, she started wearing it and I posted a picture of it. And then tons of people were saying, can I get one of those? Do you still have milk boat shirts? And I, I didn't because, you know, oh, mine yeah. has holes in it and stuff. And so I, I, I was talking to, um, Scott from, uh, divine shirts. Yeah. And I just said, like, can we do a, you know, pre-order of Moto shirts? And it sold out, like, immediately. And I got people in, in the U.S., uh, all over Canada, wearing these shirts now, which is hilarious because the band's been dead for ages. So that kind of thought, well, there's still interest in this somewhere. Like, sure. you know, whether it's just our friends from back in the day who, who you know. But, um, yeah, so that, that kind of kicked off the whole thing. And then when we were talking, I was talking to Jonas about, about, tapes and then things like that i was just like oh hey i have this band <laughs> the recording is just kind of sitting here do you have any interest in in putting it out i didn't know if he'd say yes i just thought i'd you know throw it out there and obviously he he dug it so that's kind of where we're at took a I uh you sent over those files I, I ran them through one of my programs I kind of did some adjusting to audio like that's one of the cool things about uh taking on projects like this and doing stuff it, like it's a challenge it's like a challenge to me to take something that like I, I was in that area I was a band at that time recording in a little shed uh, at our parents place like out on a farm in Gimli yeah and we were and then we were just trying so hard to to get the sound perfect on this little tiny like it was like i don't even know what those things were back and it was like a four track uh, it, it wasn't it was like we used the four track to to uh track each uh instrument we actually used an eight track but we ran it to like this digital recorder thing okay. so it's just a two tracks straight in basically 
do anything to the audio afterwards, just put it on a computer and there it is. I mean, so I know the frustration too of like had these ideas and you had this passion, you were young, you were like, uh, when I listen to those tracks, it kind of reminded me of that when I listen back to some of the stuff, the stuff that our first band that I had, it's all that like teenage angst, like really heavy, uh, the, you were mentioning your buddies, they're really tight on instruments and stuff like that, really good musicianship. Um, yeah, you hear these like really cool time signatures, some oddness every once in a while. It's like, nice. They're like throwing some technicality in here over Sam's like nutty, like um, teenage angst. And that's what I <laughs> just got into it. I was like, yeah, man, I, this is thing. It's funny to remember this in my heart. Like, so if I could have my own band and do this, like, why not take his band and everybody else's band and do this with everybody? Like, I think it's kind of cool. There's so much I didn't hear. I, like I was hitting the scene when you're when the mouth boat was on. It's like why didn't I hear any of this? You know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool now that like yeah, almost how many years? Fifteen. Well, yeah, uh, it's, it's been it's been 10, 15, 20 years almost for some of the songs I've recorded. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing too is that I like how you describe it as teenage age because I, I think I was almost thirty uh, by the <laughs> by the end of the mouth boat stuff. But <laughs> I think it was just the fact of me not being able to actually sing, so I'm screaming. But um, no, I I definitely think that there's a there's an aesthetic though to stuff from that era um, because you know recording quality obviously has become so much easier to do now at home, and it's like right in that sweet spot between doing everything the old way and then having the digital capacity and we're right there in the middle. So we have no idea what we're doing on either end of it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so it just kind of um, is this really MacGyvered together uh, rec recordings. And I think that they, like they're, they sound cool. I mean, they, they sound bad uh, admittedly in terms of like, you know, not knowing how to technically record an album, but, uh, and my contributions to that are terrible. Like on the 30P we did, I, I handled some of the mixing and I should not have gone anywhere near it. Um, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the one I've heard the most complaints about how bad it sounds. But but it's that rawness to it and the DIYness to it, I think um, it, it has like, it's part of the charm, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. The technology fixes that too. I mean, like that's part of what I was doing. Like when I ran it into my same thing, I kind of, levels are always just going to be all over the place from song to song too. So then you want a master track and you want the whole like album, all the, the levels set essentially the same all the way across the board. So once I did that to everything, like, yeah, you, you started hearing some of these lows come out that were like drowning things out, but now they're kind of yeah. pumped and those at the mids and the highs were kind of like leveled. I just mastered, basically did a basic master on everything. And it brings it back to a state of like, um, it preserves it enough to put it back out into the community and it's listenable. So it's kind of cool. And I'm probably cool for yourself too. Like to, to after how many years, right? And like, and then you start hearing this stuff again and like maybe a, a better audio, audio quality slightly. And you're like, wow, yeah. this is kind of crazy to hear just so long. Yeah. And for sure. And then the thing too is like, I mean, I know I'm talking shit about this band, but I'm really proud of those songs. I think we, I think I honestly think we yeah. made some really cool songs there. Sure. And I, I'm I, like, I wouldn't be putting this out if I didn't like, I wouldn't be, you know, keeping the, the myth of the mouthful going, you know, if I didn't actually really like what we did. And I mean, I don't know if, uh, I, I yeah. wouldn't say that they're going to be anyone's favorite songs or anything, but they, we did some cool stuff. And uh, like, you know, I, I still really happy that we recorded it and that we have so many terrible live recordings and things because, you know, it, it was an era and it was a band and uh, yeah, I'm so proud of it. 
I wear the shirt proudly. I have my own mm-hmm. <laughs> shirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for Sam. Um, no, I was going to ask you, how, how old were you when you were doing? Um, I saw the video and you've got like the drape and stuff. and You guys are playing in the background. Then the drape comes down and you have a beard. I'm like, how old? How like when did you start growing a beard? Oh, like, I mean, like, were you twelve at the time, or no, or? no, that that was like mid twenties when we did that. I think. Oh, okay. That video, so it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've had one the whole time, then. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I didn't realize. Cool. I, my 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 first thing I noticed was, wow, Sam's really angry. <laughs> Very <laughs> angry. jovial guy, and I'm like, you're really pissed off here. Yeah. But it's a really good. That was a really good like uh, stress relief, right? I mean, that, that, exactly. that being in that oh, band yeah, and being able to do two minute songs that are like i'm screaming about outer space and robots and the occult and stuff like it was it was really uh cathartic i think right i mean it's just a way to yeah. all the stress you've built up in your in your day is uh you know you just scream it out dude i i got it like i got it right away that's why i was down to do it like yeah. i mean all the things you said too i mean i was thinking all the things too but deep down in my heart what i heard was you doing that like it, i respect that 100 i've been I've been trying to, like, I scream in a different way, I guess. I I, I sing to scream. But, yeah. like, I'm doing the, it's therapy, too. So, yeah. Sure. Like, I totally get that. It kind of has that, uh, is it, sometimes Def Leppard does it. And Pink Floyd, they always have, at the beginning, they have, uh, like, a like a shot of a movie kind of starting before you actually start singing. And the same thing kind of at the end, some of your songs. And, mm-hmm. the, and the effects that, that you have on your voice and stuff. Like, was this all stuff that you had in front of you, like uh, like pedals and stuff? Or was this, like, done post for your No, for there's, your no there's no pedals or anything on anything. I don't have any pedals. Well, there was um, something on, like, your voice on, I uh, can't remember what song it was. But you, you were, the sound effects. Oh, there might have been one where I had a sound effect on it, yeah. But like, the most part is Nightmares, I think. No, oh yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that was like a chipmunk. Uh, for a oh. while, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the chipmunk voice, and yeah. there's actually a video online somewhere uh, that maybe I'll show, share with you guys later. But it's me rapping in a chipmunk voice, <laughs> and, and like it's bad because I don't know how to rap. But for some reason, I just thought that effect was so funny that like I just yeah yeah. But no, that was not a normal thing. Okay, <laughs> I did, dude. But okay. Yeah, no, most of it was really raw. It's just bass, guitar, drums, and screaming, and you know, occasionally we have a few other things in there, like some samples and stuff. But for the most part, it was just. Uh, raw live three piece um yeah and those other guys really helped with uh keeping it kind of have a groove to it right so it wasn't just like this you know it could have just been a punk band but i think that the bass and drums really kind of give it some uh almost dancey kind of parts of that oh yeah times. sure yeah there's it's, definitely a groove yeah like that's what the song is is like this chaotic build so like they'll do that but in this structured way but very odd meter time signature like where it's it is all there but it's building to a point where you're not catching that until it hits you kind of thing so yeah there's some cool structures there that stuff was hard for me to that was hard for me to wrap my head around some of that stuff because again bad at music and yeah. it's like i know i know what it sounds like when it's an it's an odd time signature but um trying to figure out how to play to that was just weird because i like yeah. i'm not that guy right but it worked i mean whatever i ended up making up chords on top of that like i'm literally making up chords a lot of the time too like if you ask me what the yeah. chords are for those songs i have no idea i could probably <laughs> put some fingers on the guitar and be like, it was this thing, whatever this is. But yeah. that was kind of part of it, yeah. So like when you were playing keyboard there, there's a part where you're... Nah, nah, nah. There's a lot of parts like that with the keyboard. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> times in songs where I have a keyboard riff that I played. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I mean, I, I can't play piano. I've played keyboard in bands at certain shows and stuff before because yeah, yeah. I can do some simple chords and everything. But like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. 
So the keyboard mm-hmm. was really just there as a noisemaker. Like uh, if you look at some of the videos and listen to some of the stuff, I'm just bashing away on yeah, it yeah. At, at times just to make feedback and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely couldn't say I was a keyboard player, but I do play keyboards on the record. Well, feel was is pretty much the 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 root of that whole song. So even though like <laughs> you could play whatever notes you wanted, but it's the feel of of the actual song, and you could tell when you're playing it, and you were you know, you're singing it and it's like, yeah, you know exactly where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the point though, is that, yeah, those guys were, they were playing by feel too, but they had the chops to, to make it sound good. And I was just pure feel. <laughs> and no yeah. chops. But that's a cool combo. Good. Yeah, yeah, it worked well. It worked well. Yeah, oh, it was a cool combo for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is pretty cool. Actually, I don't know. I'm pretty stoked now. I'm, I, I kind of want to go record after I'm done here. You should. Uh, who's, so who's the writer? D- do you write the, are you the one who wrote the lyrics? Sam? Yeah. I mean, have you heard the lyrics? They're not, um, <laughs> it's just kind of stream of consciousness stuff about robots in outer space and things like, you know, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I guess they are lyrics, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wrote so, the, wrote the nonsense I was screaming, yes. So, so what was the actual writing technique? Did they come with kind of background music and you came in or did you come in and they kind of backed you up? No, we were just, we just jam, just jam, and whatever, and it, we we whatever came out of it, and if it sounded cool, we just like take that section of it, and I would yell whatever on top of it, and um, usually the lyrics would be written on the spot, and then just reused every time we played a show. But there was not really any thought process behind it. It's not like this song is going to be built. Yeah, it's here's a jam. This part sounds cool. Let's just do this a few times and add another part, and then I'm going to yell something. And usually that was the that was the writing process. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that yeah. the other two guys brought more to it than that because they, you know, I'm sure they had ideas that they wanted to bring in and stuff. And then, sure. but for me, it was just, they're doing this. This sounds cool. I'm going to figure out what I can play on top of this that will sort of work. And then I'm going to yell whatever I just came up with that has to do with the, the, the overall topic of outer space, robots. Um, we did a whole EP that was all horror stuff. It was like the occult and possessions and, uh, you know, um, cannibalism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and so it was just, yeah. Just, just yelling whatever on regular, top of that. And, regular uh, dinner topics. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after the fact, especially that, that, that 30p spiritualism, which was all the occult stuff, I just found weird old movie samples that related to the, the song topic. So if there's one about cannibalism, I found a clip about cannibalism and threw that at the beginning and stuff like that. So it kind of had some kind of coherency, but it was really just a lot of it was just came out of jams. Awesome. All right. Well, we are getting to the end of this. I want to make sure everybody gets their their shares, their um, their social medias, all that sort of stuff. Jonas, where can we find your label and yourself? Uh, you can find uh, all the stuff that we have on our website. Um, it's www.ancientravenrecords.com. Um, and you can go to the shop there that we have all our different tapes there. Um, I have a Van Allen record for sale there. And, uh, I think small eclipse is still, there's a few copies left on cassette. Um, you can pre-order the mouth boat. You can, uh, order your smoky tiger cassettes. I just restocked the website for smoky tiger stuff. Um, yeah. And just a bunch of different stuff there And Van Allen. I have, uh, some stuff on YouTube, actually, uh, Van Allen fan club. And you can check out the videos. I do live streams once in a while, just uh, me in this room, actually. Uh, sometimes I'll play a record and just let it spin and do stuff over that and loop and things like that. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Sam? Well, we yeah, you can find uh, all my stuff at witchplace.com or, you know, on every social media platform known to man. 
Uh, podcast comes out twice a week. I have an episode with Jonas coming out soon. I think it's this coming weekend. Um, so that, that we talked more about the label, about some of the really cool projects he has uh, coming up aside from the mouth boat. So there's, he, there's, there's other, there's, there's good stuff he has coming out too. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, I just, I would encourage everyone to check out the tape at the H Raven uh, website because um, it's exciting that people still want to hear it. I know a bunch of people have already ordered it and that's awesome, but like, mm. let's, let's, let's get, let's get rid of them all and we can make more. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Jonas, welcome to the family. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Nice, nice speaking with you guys. Nice meeting you. Yeah, and uh, doors are always open. You want to come back? You want to promote stuff? Just give me a give me a ring, and uh, we'll we'll set something up. But uh, we're gonna sign off. Thanks, everybody. You can find us at Sean Geek Podcast on all social media or SeanMcGinnity.ca. See ya.